All right. Well, this is the first podcast for Walters Gilbreth. And since this is our very first time doing this, I thought we would start off with introductions. So I'm Jake Gilbreth, and I'm here with my partner, Brian Walters. And Brian, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a board-certified family lawyer based out of Houston, but I take cases all over the state of Texas, um, Dallas, Austin, Houston, and um, here to help try to answer some questions during this trying time. All right, and I'm Jake Gilbreth. I'm board certified in family law as well. Uh, I practice primarily out of Austin, uh, but just like Brian, I take cases throughout the state of Texas, primarily Dallas, Houston, and Austin. So I thought what we do is jump right into the topic that of course everybody is talking about, which is the COVID-19 breakout and the effect that it has on our practice. Uh, so let's first talk about the court system and how the court system is dealing with the social distancing and the shelter in place uh, and the current orders that are out in the state of Texas. So Brian, why don't you tell us how things are being handled uh, in Harris County, which is Houston and the surrounding areas right now? Well, it's pretty much ground to a halt as far as in-person hearings. There are some rare exceptions that are family violence type situations. I was in court last week on one of those. But generally, everything is submitted by e-filing, and if there are hearings, it's either done by a submission where the judge looks at what's filed and makes a ruling, or sometimes by audio or video conference. Um, but generally speaking, I'd say 90% of uh, the forward momentum at the courthouse is, is halted at this time. So tell me how the audio or video recordings are working down Harris County. Well, we're, we're using Zoom recordings, and uh, that seems to work fairly well when, when it's needed. Uh, just uh, the judge will send out a, a link, everybody will join in, and uh, we'll have a, a hearing. A lot of the time, it's over relatively straightforward things that don't require a lot of documents or testimony. Uh, when it does require that, then we go ahead and kind of email and pre-submit exhibits, and we just put on testimony by video like you, you otherwise would, which is uh, something that, that we've never done before in our court system, which has a real strong emphasis on live testimony. But it's, it's worked in the, in the limited times that, that we've been able to use it. And when you say you had a family violence hearing, why was the court open or why did the judge bring you all in for, for that type of hearing? That's considered an emergency or important enough to get some actual real um, court time involved, uh, even if that puts the litigants in the court at, at some risk. Um, that's how in, important it is and how seriously they take that issue. Um, so they will make exceptions with live testimony, but it is pretty rare. Well, it's pretty much the same in, in Travis County and surrounding areas, in my experience. Um, the judges in Travis County are using Zoom links uh, for kind of moderate, smaller hearings, uh, just like Brian was talking about. Um, there are some in-person hearings, but it's just like Brian was saying, Harris County, they're reserved for um, what is called essential matters. And that's mainly family violence cases where there's protective orders, family violence happening in the home, and the judge needs to get action on it right away. Uh, as far as the Zoom hearings, judges are handling, uh, particularly in Travis County, they're, they're using Zoom and, and trying to push hearings forward. Um, a lot of times it's little short review hearings, uh, like Brian said, not a lot of evidence or not a lot of documents. Uh, Travis County, though, is trying to push forward um, to do more and more hearings than just little short reviews or Band-Aid hearings. Um, the way they're doing that is they're 
uh, telling folks to look at the case or the court in which their case is filed. Uh, so for example, if you're filed in the 419th court or the 200th district court, you contact that individual court uh, and try to schedule a hearing. Typically the way Travis County works is you don't know what judge you go to. Uh, we have what's called a rotating docket and they sort of randomly assign cases just based on what judges are available. Uh, with the COVID-19 breakout and the stay at home, uh, they are having folks contact the individual court that you're filed in and approaching that court to see if that judge will give you a hearing. Um, and that's the options that they're giving us. And sometimes the judges are saying, you know, this is something important enough. Let's have a hearing over Zoom. Uh, and sometimes, frankly, they're saying, you know, that's not important enough uh, for the court's time and y'all wait till uh, the shelter in place is over. Uh, Williamson County, Hayes County, the same thing. Um, Williamson County, I think, is using teams and probably conducting a few more evidentiary hearings than the surrounding counties. Um, but courts, point being is the courts are operational. It's certainly limited and everybody's having to adapt. Um, but the courthouse is still available, uh, but just to a lesser extent uh, than, than it typically is. So let's talk about um, ways that cases can still get resolved or move forward when the case uh, can't go to the courthouse. You know, before COVID-19, we're used to when, when cases are, we can't resolve them or we can't move them forward. We're used to just going down to the courthouse and having a judge help move the case forward. And even if you don't have a hearing, then a lot of times just the fact that you can go down to the courthouse uh, helps move cases forward. That not being an option, there's uh, lots of alternatives out there, though, that people are, are focusing on now uh, to get a case moving forward. So folks just aren't sitting here you know, in a divorce or a custody case and have no way to move forward. Uh, we actually write about this on our website. It's actually up on our homepage because uh, it's such an important topic. Uh, but the three topic, the three alternatives that we talk about um, on our homepage are mediation, arbitration, uh, and using a what's called a special judge, or, or more commonly known as a private judge. Um, so, Brian, why don't you tell us about mediation and what you've seen happening with mediations, particularly since uh, COVID nineteen. Uh, hit the United States? Well, for the first week or so, um, there are m many of the mediations and, and other types of ways of resolving it were canceled because I think it, it just confused a lot of lawyers who were not very tech savvy for the most part about how, how in the world are we going to do this by, by video or audio? Um, and so, and I think also that initially there was some thought that maybe this would be real, real short term. And it's clear that it's not short term, number one. And number two, it's also I think people realize it's not that difficult to do a video mediation through through something like Zoom. And so we've seen those pick up. Um, what I think you we've seen is two things. I think if, if both parties go into one of those times, um, the type of uh, resolution things, and uh, they both want to get it done, I think you've got even greater motivation to do so because everybody knows you're not going to get down to the courthouse to get it resolved otherwise. And so you've got that additional, I guess, friction if you don't settle of, of hey, this is going to drag out. This is going to be more, more lengthy and stressful for me. So I want to try to get this over with. So I think actually if both people are in good faith, then you've got a better chance of settling it actually. Um, if you've got one or both of the parties that don't want this to go forward or aren't there in good faith, then it's probably less likely to, to settle because normally what happens in mediation is you've got a trial 
coming around the corner. So even if you don't want this to be divorced, you you know that's going to happen and you might as well at mediation try to get it resolved. But if now, if you're looking at significant delays and uncertainty about when it's going to be resolved, if you can just kind of cross your arms, if that's your attitude and figure there's no real, real penalty for that, no immediate penalty for it. So it can kind of go both ways uh, is what we've seen. Yeah, I think that's kind of the same uh, in Travis and surrounding areas is, you know, at first everybody sort of canceled mediation, just kind of sat there because we thought it'd be a week or so. Um, and then I think people started realizing that you can uh, just like a hearing do a mediation over Zoom or, or Skype or something like that. And the mediators, um, I know in the Travis area, the Harris County area, um, have, have really adapted uh, to doing virtual mediations. Uh, essentially, what I've seen is a lot of mediators create virtual rooms um, and, and the mediation conducts just like a regular mediation would it's just be virtually. Uh, and we talk about mediation or website and, and how it works and it essentially works the same way even now, just just virtually. Um, but like Brian was saying, it's it's there's that backdrop of, you know, folks can't necessarily go down the courthouse like you could if a mediation doesn't resolve. Uh, but we do see, I think, more and more as the longer this takes, people start signing up for arbitrations and private judging. So the family code says that a case uh, can actually be referred by agreement to what's called arbitration. Uh, and what arbitration is, is essentially a private process to resolve the dispute, but it's a binding process. So you actually have a decision maker um, in a, as opposed to mediation where you're just trying to work it out. The mediator can't make you do anything. In arbitration, the arbitrator actually makes a decision at the end um, of the dispute. It has to be agreed by the parties to go to arbitration, but a lot of people are doing that now uh, to get their cases resolved. And to pick an arbitrator, you pick you know, like a board certified lawyer or a retired judge, and you tell that individual, here's our dispute. It could be something smaller, like you know, temporary orders when a divorce is filed, or it could be something much larger, uh, like the entire case. And you tell that arbitrator you want him or her to resolve the dispute. Uh, the arbitrator will conduct the arbitration. Uh, probably over Zoom or Teams or something like that, and then resolve the dispute. So that's one way folks can move forward even when the courthouse isn't available. Uh, another way is uh, what's called special judging, which is in the Texas Civil Practice and Remedies Codes. And that would require an actual retired judge uh, to conduct uh, or sit as a special judge. And it's a process, uh, just like arbitration, it's a private process. It's resolved outside the courthouse. Uh, but you conduct essentially a hearing in front of a private judge, um, a special judge who's retired, and that judge makes the decision. The differences are talked about on our website. Uh, the main difference is that if you do a trial by special judge, you have the right to appeal, just like if you're in front of a district judge. Um, arbitration, your, your right to appeal is much more limited. Uh, but those are all different options to resolve the case even when the courthouse isn't available you can resolve the case and move it forward even when uh, stay at home is at place so now let's talk about um, ourselves you know how we're we're adapting and, and dealing with this um, process you know Walters Gilbert the entire staff has been working from home uh, since essentially the first day of spring break uh, which is a few weeks ago um, and we've been operating completely remotely um, we're meeting with clients remotely. Our staff is uh, is completely staying at home and working remotely. 
So Brian, why don't you talk about that experience? Cause I know that was a big decision that you and I had to make um, a few weeks ago about how we're going to handle this, how we're going to keep our staff safe and keep our clients safe while still providing services um, uh, while this outbreak is going on. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty seamless. As you said, we were doing this long before uh, this came about. Uh, and so just having people, we, we've been able to run our firm. Everybody's been able to work off of the laptop that, that we issue them anyway. So that's been relatively easy. I had some concerns early on about one of our clients who wanted to meet and go over this and that or new clients who wanted to meet. And I think everybody always can read the newspaper and, and see that that's really not a good idea right now. And so we really haven't had issues with that. Um, there's been you know, a remarkable uh, lack of need to be in a physical space with, uh, with other people. I mean, I think that's it is, a, it is a temporary situation. We don't know how long it's going to last. It, it's probably not something that can go on forever, but um, we've, we've adapted to it pretty well. And I think, um, you know, I've, I've been pleasantly surprised about it. Yeah. Tell me about, um, just for those who are listening, either it's other lawyers or our or, or clients or folks that are thinking about going through a divorce. Um, tell me about what you mean, like how were we set up um, even before, if I looked at us six months ago before COVID, was even a thing um, in the news. How are we set up um, and how did that help us uh, with, with this outbreak? Right. I mean, we don't, we don't have to be plugged in. We're Wi-Fi um, set up as it is. So you can, we can work from a Starbucks or from anywhere. Um, every one of our uh, clients has our mobile number. Um, so if we need to talk to somebody, they know how to get a hold of us. There's not some cumbersome process going through a receptionist or something. They'll just text me or any, any of us and say, you know, can we talk? Then we can get on the phone with them, can do a, a FaceTime or a, a video meeting with them. It's been, it's been actually not that much different than, than we've done before, other than uh, just not having uh, some of the court hearings and face-to-face meetings that, that we used to have that we found are not as, not as vital as we thought, especially, again, in a, in a temporary situation. Um, We've had new clients hire us uh, this way. Everybody, again, seems pretty understanding about it. And when things return to normal, I'm sure we'll go back to being at the office more and meeting face-to-face, but it's been been remarkably easy. Um, How about you guys there in Austin? Yeah, same thing. I think um, you and I, Brian, really prided ourselves even before this happened on on having a 21st, what I tell potential clients and my current clients, a 21st century law firm. I mean, it's, Thinking back six months ago, it's just fascinating to me um, how many law firms there are out there that have fax machines. Uh, they're plugged into the walls. They have paper coming out of their ears. Um, they have staff upon staff upon staff just to deal with the paper uh, and the and the physical files and everything. And I know you and I, Brian, uh, when we first partnered up, made a decision that we wanted to be uh, a technology-focused law firm that provided an efficient result to our clients. And we always, I know both of us always tell people, you know, look, this isn't an easy process. It's, it's an, it can be an expensive process. It can be a frustrating process, um, but we're not going to pile on top of that an inefficient law firm uh, that, that can't operate in the 21st century. I always tell people, you know, I, I, I know when I personally went through a divorce, which was a difficult time. And I, we talked about on the website, uh, that I've been through a divorce and I remember having a lawyer represent me and, you know, understanding that it's going to be an expensive process and it's not going to be fun. Um, and, and it's going to be emotionally draining, financially draining. Uh, but I had a lawyer that I liked and he helped me get through it. 
but I also remember, you know, looking at my bill and seeing copy charges and fax charges and a paralegal billing for file maintenance. And that's the type of stuff that I think is really upsetting to clients when they see a law firm, which is supposed to be their advocate, um, spend a lot of time and effort on things that can be fixed by technology. Um, so, you know, looking at our law firm, we've been paperless since inception. Uh, we communicate through with staff either over email or text or by internal chat program called Slack. I mean, Brian, you and I have a partnership um, where you're in Houston and I'm in Austin and we, we operate seamlessly just because we're so focused on technology and be able to do things from our laptops and our cell phones. Um, so yeah, I'd second kind of what you said, which is as far as the logistical process of dealing with COVID-19, it's, it's been, um, it's been pretty seamless and it's interesting. I think even before this happened, you and I were seeing a really big uptick in virtual consultations um, where folks, I know that we were, we had really focused on our website. It's something that we still have is the ability for clients to schedule online where they don't even have to call the law firm. They can just schedule online um, and schedule a consultation. That's a really popular feature. And, you know, then our folks calling the office and um, wanting to do a phone consultation or Skype or Zoom consultation. You know, you and I have a lot of international clients uh, that want to do uh, meet with us that way. Um, so it's, it's really been about a lot of the same for us, logistically speaking. And, and so I think sort of branching to kind of the last topic you and I want to talk about, Brian, is just the experience for our clients or our potential clients. Um, I'm curious of kind of how you're seeing it uh, in, in the Houston office. I know in the Austin office um, and in the Dallas office, talking to our folks up there that, uh, you know, for our clients, the experiences, you know, they, we do miss that time where we can meet with our clients, you know, face to face and talk about the case or prepare for a hearing. That's that's really important time for us. But as far as, you know, the ability for our clients to get a hold of us, move their case forward, um, be that filing an original suit for divorce or custody or continuing on with the case while the outbreak is going on, it's um, I, I haven't had any clients experience any difficulties at all as far as being able to work with the law firm, work with us. Um, and frankly, I haven't had any experience, any difficulty moving the case forward. I mean, it's like we talked about those different avenues with arbitration or mediation, um, but they haven't had ex uh, any difficulties actually moving the case forward, at least, at least on our side. I know there's other law firms that are having a little bit more growing pains with this and they'll come along. Um, but, but for us and kind of our office and the cases we're dealing with, uh, we're, we're seeing it being pretty seamless. What, what about y'all? Exactly the same thing. Uh, again, the, in the early couple of days of this, I, we did have a client or two or a new client or two that wanted to meet in person. And I think, um, you know, and, and as, as the initial guidance um, from, from the government was, I guess, more broad or more, more loose, uh, I made a couple of exceptions for that personally, just to uh, just put myself in that position. And then as things tightened up right after that, then we have stopped that, but we really haven't had any issues with it at all. I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I think everybody's understanding and nobody wants to put themselves or other people in danger. So uh, we made it easy. Everybody's made remarks to us about that, about how easy it's been and seamless. And so hopefully it will continue that way until, um, this unique situation ends and can go back to, to normal. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see when that is, I guess. Every single day we open up the news to see 
if this is going to be two weeks or two months or two years of this, but a uh, lot of uncertainty, but I uh, really am proud that we've been able to, to adapt. And I think we'll probably continue to adapt. Um, I'm always talking to lawyers around me, seeing what they're doing, uh, offering advice uh, for other folks. And it's an interesting time that we're living in, but uh, things certainly move forward uh, in our world. So I think that's probably the overall theme of this is it's different. Uh, it's a lot different, but a lot of it's the same as well. So what an interesting uh, time to do our first podcast. So I enjoyed that. I think we're going to try doing this at least once a week. Um, and Brian, and I will try to pick topics that are interesting to folks or uh, complex topics that may not get as much attention or um, as they deserve and give an opportunity for folks listening to uh, hopefully learn from us and We'll be trying to get some guests on so we can learn from other folks as well. Does that sound good for a wrap-up for our first episode, Brian? Sounds good. We'll wrap it up, and uh, we'll be back with another episode in a week. All, All right. right. Bye, y'all. Bye.